The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul MacDonald. The San Francisco 49ers have continued their streak of not allowing any second half points in a 13 0 win over the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. Jimmy Caropolo threw to eight receivers in what was a much tighter game than the previous week's win against the Arizona Cardinals in Mexico. Nevertheless, the 49ers kept the Saints scoreless through the entire game to rack up their fourth win in a row. Joining me to pull the game apart are Deepak Gohill and Simon Holdsworth. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, guys. Okay, so let's get straight into the game. First of all, what was your highlight of the game, Deepak? Well, everybody's highlight, I think, it was the defence and the fact that we miraculously continued our streak of keeping shutouts in the second half of a game. But more than that, shutting out New Orleans for the entire game, which is something that only we have done, and that was about 10 years ago. So uh, they must really hate playing us. <laughs> Simon, what was your highlight? Yeah, just to echo what Deepak said, really. I think, you know, the the defence were resolute. Obviously, they come up with the big players when they when they need to. Um, I think there was an element of bend but not break. Obviously, we were, we were a bit fortuitous with the with the missed field goal, which is obviously something that we can't really control. But on the whole, I thought the offence were a bit disjointed, which kept the game close than it perhaps should have been. But again, the, uh, the defence bailed them out and... Uh, it's uh, some streak we've got going. Yeah. It was a tougher game than the Arizona game, which I think the majority of us were expecting it not to be a walkover in, in the same way that the game in Mexico was. Where do you think that we can improve? Where, where do you think we can get better from that game on Sunday? I definitely think the offence, really. I mean, you know, I'm not going to disrespect New Orleans, but... Um, but they had our number, you know, and we struggled to get anything going offensively with any real momentum. We we squandered quite a few red zone opportunities as well. And th- these are critical. I mean, it was New Orleans on Sunday, but if you look at the schedule that we've got, it's loaded with trap games between now and the end of the season. There are no gimmicks, not a single one, you know. So I'd like to see... Again, it's this offense. Just when you think it starts to hum, it stops, you know it literally stops humming and then you think you know is we've got the firepower we've got the guns we've got the gunpowder we've got detonators but we just can't make the thing blow up you know (laughs) just can't seem to find that ignite button you know with consistency uh, because this offense should run roughshod over whoever it wants to just because it's having a bad hair day you know do you think that those the opponents we were more likely to do that against we're all in the first half of the season when, unfortunately, the majority of the 49ers were injured. Well, I think there's a portion to it, but, you know, you've got to give credit to this team. The, the 49ers are actually peaking at exactly the right time. This is a time to get good as the season's progressing. You know, teams that come good towards the tail end of the season are more likely to be successful than those that, you know, really start strong and then they just fall off the, the radar, you know. Like the Giants. Yeah, it's, dare I say, maybe even Philly. You know, we don't know how far they're going to go, do we? Um, but they're doing all right so far. 
So it's, it is hard to tell. It, this is such a random, blooming season. It's just insane what's going on this season. I, th- I think we need to give credit to the Saints' defense. I think th- their defense is a lot better than their offense, and they, you know, they they just seem to be able to get pressure on us. They they, they stuffed the run. Although I was amazed at how many times we kept running it inside as opposed to doing any sort of outside zone runs, which is normally our strong point, or whether we were just setting up for that. But they were disjointed. That you know, I've said that, but we also have to give credit to the Saints' defense. I thought they played really, really well. Um, and kind of kept the Saints close, really. Um, but again, you know, we've got the number one defence in the league and nobody comes close to our defence. Jimmy was 26 of 37 for 222 yards with one touchdown. It says zero interceptions. We need to talk about this. It was an interception in all but name, wasn't it? The flag saved us on that one. Yeah, it did, and um, and it was it questionable flag. Flag saved us a couple of times. I think we had a questionable flag against us as well for for a hold. I think by Kittle, which wasn't really a hold. No, no, absolutely not. So um, yeah, I mean, it is interesting. I think the flags bailed both teams out, but got both of us out of jail in, in certain positions. Jimmy, I mean, let's just say for argument's sake, he'd thrown an interception, right? Would you still chastise him? I probably wouldn't for that game. You know, I don't think... I mean, <laughs> let's remember, our touchdown came from a turnover by the defence. After that, we had we, our offence could not get nothing going. So, effectively, if we hadn't had that turnover from Hafanga where we made the pick, or was it a fumble? It was a fumble recovery, I believe. We, we, wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have done anything. You know, it would have been just field goals. So... There's a lot, I think, for Shani to unpack in that game. And I think the big question is on the offense, not the defense. Defense gets all the game balls. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But if there is one game or one thing that Shani does really well or one thing that he hates, it's members of his ex-coaching staff getting one up on him. He's got a great record against people that he's been associated with. You know, Matt LaFleur hates the sight of him. He's also got a few ex-players that want to stick it to him. I think most of was getting a bit lippy on Twitter. Yeah, you know, one didn't of really understand said, that. But... Yeah, one of our players said, "Just shut it, bro." <laughs> you know, yeah, like... I think it was uh, it was um, Debo, wasn't it? Yeah, the real so, man. Yeah, there, there is a bit of a, sp- a spice to this game, you know, because it's it's not a trap game in the traditional sense. In that Miami expect to win this every much as we do, you know that. They might see us as the trap game, but really this is a game of two heavyweights that are going to progress deep in the playoffs in their respective conferences. But have they got? Have they got four? Is it four players of old players of ours? They've got Breeder, Mostert. Oh, Breeder's at the Giants now, isn't he? Oh, sorry, Breeder's gone. They've got um... Mostert, Jeff Wilson. They've yeah. got Trent Sherfield, River Craycraft. Oh, was he ever a Forty Nine er? Really, but um, he was definitely with us. He was on the roster. They got the coach. And the coach. Sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo, um, we were talking before the podcast started about how his season's gone, how his career has gone, specifically with the 49ers. What let let looking forward, let's let's look forward to next season. What do you think is gonna happen with Jimmy Garoppolo in relation to the 49ers? Do you think he's gone? Do you think he stays with the 49ers? 
if he stays with the 49ers, what happens with Trey Lance? Oh, my goodness. What a question. Um, uh, look, I'm, I'm going to say this. If he stays, he won't be as a backup to Trey Lance or anybody else for that matter. That's if he stays, okay? If he stays, he will be the starting quarterback of this team. All right? He's If he stays, that's the condition. He'll be the starting quarterback of this team, and he'll probably tie the club down to a, a lengthy deal as well. He's not going to take a short-term deal. With no, him. no, yeah. Four or five years. Now, right now, everything's nice, and uh, there's that saying from The Wire that I enjoy, everyone likes everyone when they're kissing. But what if he stops kissing and starts sucking? You know, if he goes back Lucky to being a monster. Jimmy, we're going to be stuck with an expensive quarterback for for a length of time. I'm not saying he will, but I'm saying he could. You know, Trey Lance could be absolutely awful. We, we've got, we're in a position it's very precarious where the majority of our on-field players are all pro, guaranteed. You know, the best in their positions in this league. But this guy, he's just too inconsistent right now. Mm. To, to say one way or another, you know, would would Shani or Lynch take the hit and say, you know, we messed up with Trey Lance. We shouldn't have really, you know, drafted him. We screwed it up. We're sticking with Jimmy. He's our guy. If, if they say that, that's all there is to say then. The discussion's over. I don't think you can. I think they went all in on Trey. And, they, you know, the message was very clear at the start of this season. Trey's our guy. And I think you're right, Deepak. And, and you know, we've alluded to it as well, is that, Regardless of which one is the starting quarterback, it's still a bit of a leap of faith because Jimmy is playing well at the moment. He's playing very well. In fact, as good as he has been in the Niners uniform. But will it continue? And Trey is still improving. Trey's ceiling is still higher for me. I think I don't think we see a better Jimmy than we've got at the moment. So we are where we are with him, and this is as good as it gets. To, to back up what you were saying, yeah, Jimmy has... He's had his off moments, many of them. Now he is absolutely shining. He has taken us to the Super Bowl before now. We could be going back to the Super Bowl this year. Who knows? So he's kind of, we know what Jimmy is. Trey Lance has played something like one season in five years now. That's a long time to have not played any football. So his... Sample size is very, very small. Add into that thought this question. How long did Steve Young sit behind Joe Montana? I think Steve Young sat about four seasons behind Montana. But before we sort of take things further, we're talking about Jimmy Sealing here, and this is the best we've ever seen him play. Absolutely, yeah. No, well, I think we've seen him play like this, but it was a very long time ago. I don't think we've seen him play... I've seen, with, as Simon said, in a roundabout way, we have seen his ceiling. We're not going to see significantly better, but we are accustomed to seeing significantly worse. So we've seen Garoppolo play like this. Do you remember in that game against the Jets where he got injured at halftime because of that field? He was lights out. You know, that's how he's playing right now. So that Jimmy wasn't necessarily better than the Jimmy that played against um, the Chargers or the Rams, for example. You know, that was still the ceiling Jimmy, Jimmy at the very top of his game. We haven't seen him break that barrier, if you see what I mean. And some extraordinary stuff like win it in the clutch. You know, he, we have got clutch players, but Jimmy isn't the clutch guy for me. He's still... 
Jimmy, for me, is a guy that still makes mistakes. He's still throwing behind his receivers. He's still throwing way over his receivers' heads. But the receivers are making the changes to get those catches where I don't think we've had the personnel necessarily to do that in the past. So maybe the rest... Jimmy Garoppolo is making himself look good. I think the rest of the offense are playing their part in making Jimmy look good as well. I, th- I think this game, particularly the Saints game, was the f- again a little bit of a watershed for Jimmy because he got hit and he got hit a lot. And in previous games, he's become skittish. He's thrown picks. He's you know fumbled the ball. He's you know given safety. They've run out the back of the end zone, and you know a whole myriad of of misdemeanors when he's been put under pressure. That was the first game in as long as I can care to remember that Jimmy stood there in the face of linemen in his chest and threw passes and threw passes accurately. And fingers crossed that gets him over that mental barrier and he carries on in that in that vein. Do you think it is a mental thing for him? Yeah, it is for quarterbacks generally. A lot of the I mean the it's marginal. The talent levels between all the NFL QBs, I think most of it is in their minds. You know, it's in their heads. But um, you know, I, but going back to him not throwing any hints or how well he's playing, you know, a lot of those passes that he's been throwing lately are literally jump balls. They're fifty-fifty in the air. Anybody could come down with it. You know, and I think again, like you said, Paul, he's still throwing a little bit underneath which is forcing the receivers to make a play. And when they're forced to readjust when they're in stride, that leaves them open to getting hurt, you know? Yeah, he he didn't throw the worst pass of the day, though. Remember the Andy Dalton one that came out of his hand and he just threw it in? (laughs) Yeah, that was a mess. Yeah, so, you know, I don't like seeing those jump balls. I love seeing them if one of our guys comes down with it, but generally, no, I don't like seeing it because you just don't know who's going to bring it back. But on the flip side of that, Deep Pack, Jimmy has thrown some absolute beauties this Oh, season. yeah, he has. He some, really, from, really has. Some throws where you go, this guy has actually got a real touch. You know, the the the, the, the throw to Kittle, um, was it in the Arizona game over the top of the deep, or the Rams? It was an absolute rainbow. And he Beautiful put it in, he put it in a position where only one person could have yeah. caught it. Just yeah. kidding, nobody else. But it was at the back of the end zone. There wasn't a lot of space to work with, and it was absolutely inch perfect you know you could you could you could there's an argument to say the touchdown that we got on sunday which was tipped by um tyron matthew was an inch away from being very similar you know you know tyron matthew ended up getting finger to it and joanne jennings made an, an unbelievable adjustment to come down with it yeah so he's 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 still making the errant throws but he's making more brilliant throws as well. This, mm. this is the problem that we've had with him from day one is consistency. Yeah. You know? And the only thing that really is consistent about him are his statistics. They do not lie. The guy is winning football games. You know, yeah. we can say what we want, but he is still winning football games. You know, yeah. He has got a great supporting cast though, like we said, and the defense is winning his games. He's had, yeah, exactly. But, when his agent is going to New York to speak to the Jets, or of course. Whatever, he's going to come out with the stats to say all he knows is how to win. You know, where's your argument? Here's Look at stats. that PCT, exactly. Yeah, that's all he's going to say, you know. And sadly, or fortunately, that, that is how it goes. But in the same way, if we're signing a prospective player, their agent's going to do the same thing. Here are the numbers. 
read it and weep. Do you and, want to and, and, and just to touch on what we were talking about before, whether Jimmy's going to be here, an interesting caveat you might have just touched on there, Deepak, is that Jimmy might want to go. He might not want to stick around. Yeah, he, he I, might want to go. He might get a lot more money somewhere else. He literally may be playing this well because he's putting himself in the shop window. Well, mm. also, he's getting some pretty hefty win bonuses. Absolutely. We, we're winning, or you know, I think he's on some sort of performance loaded incentive there. He is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, <laughs> he's done really, really well at the Trey Lance injury, and and I know I can, I'm absolutely certain that there's no way he would have wished injury on that poor kid, but no, of course, he's the consummate professional, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, but credit to him, he's taken his opportunity, you know, and he's doing really well. Let's just wish that he can give us the level of consistency that that he hasn't shown yet. He's shown us his ceiling, and his ceiling is good enough for us to win a championship. But it's yeah. got to be it every game, you know, not just now and then. Yeah. More of it. Yeah. So, going back to what I was saying before with, with the question about how long Steve Young sat behind Joe Montana, is there a way, do you think, that next season we could have Jimmy Garoppolo as the number one on the centre and Trey Lance sitting behind him again as a backup to let to, to to continue to develop to continue to learn based on the fact that he has only played one season in five years of football, or is the fact that he is still the first round quarterback that we picked as the face of the franchise does that automatically elevate him as as soon as he is fit? Uh, I'm with Simon on this. I think. Um... I think this is probably Jimmy's last season with us. I think Lynch and Shanahan will stick with with Trey Lance once he's recovered from his injury and the chips will fall where they fall, which makes this season <clears throat> even more mission critical to win the championship because this is the best chance with Garoppolo playing well and a stacked offense and a defense, which is arguably Chicago Bears 85 standard. It's not going to... Those stars don't align very often, but they're aligning for this team. If they don't take the advantage of it now, it could be a very long time before we could compete at that level again. And, and, and interestingly, here's a weird caveat for you. Trey Lance sat under Jimmy and learned from him last season. He would benefit more, almost certainly, sitting for another season under this Jimmy and learn more from this Jimmy than he would have learned from last season's Jimmy. Yeah, that 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 is kind of what I'm getting at. Is it? But he's not doing his learning in an NFL game. He's doing no, his he's not. on a training field where it's completely different. You know. I, 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 listen, I, my opinion is is that that Trey's their guy. He got injured. Jimmy's come in. He's done a fantastic job. Regardless of what happens, even if he gets us a ring, I don't think Jimmy will be with us next year because I think they will go with Trey, and I don't think Jimmy will sit and be a number two, and perhaps rightfully not, given his stats. You know, there's. Far worse, worse quarterbacks in starting positions in the league. We saw one on Sunday. Andy Dalton's not a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. But uh, I'm 100% with you, Simon. I think once the season is over, Super Bowl or not, I think Jimmy Garoppolo will go. You know, um, I don't think he'll want to stay. Um, I think mostly because of the, the financial compensation he's going to get if he goes somewhere else. He'd be in demand this time. And he's these guy dude wears expensive suits. We've seen it every time he walks into the stadium. Yeah, you know, he's, he's he he will be offered a 
very lucrative contract wherever he lands. And um, fair play to him. He, he deserves to have that, you know. It's a He's 100% period. the MVP for sharpest dresser and sharpest looking guy in in, in the roster without a shot. Yeah, you know, even, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Cam, if Cam Newton would, would just say, yeah, you got me there, mate. He's a better dresser than me. <laughs> Despite what listeners of this podcast may think, we are aware that there are other players on the 49ers besides Jimmy Garoppolo. It's turned into the Jimmy Garoppolo Appreciation Society, hasn't it? <laughs> Looking around the, the the rest of the team, Hufanga, uh, he's now led. The, he now leads the team with nine tackles in the game, um, and the Niners sacked Dalton and Hill once. Um, the Saints didn't uh, did get to sack Jimmy Garoppolo once as well. What? What are your thoughts on Hufanga? He's get for me. He's getting better and better each game. He is an absolute find. Yeah, he is. I think he gets a bit of unfair criticism in that he's more of a ball hawker and less of a tackler. But I think he tackles just fine. You know, I, I he, don't... he hits like a train. Did you see that? It, it hit. <laughs> was it Alvin Kamara? And the the commentators were going wild. He forced the fumble. When you hit people at speed, and when you go to hit people at speed, inevitably, sometimes they're going to step you. But when you hit them, bad stuff happens. You drop the ball, you know, you get tackled for a loss. You know, if you if you're a passive tackler, your tackle percentage is gonna be higher. Simple as that. Yeah. I but think he's a, an He's a great find. He's a turnover yeah. machine. He's an incredibly special football player and we are so lucky to have him. He really is Troy Palmarlo version two point oh. He is. He is. And and for such a for a guy who's in his rookie year, his his reading of the game is at a veteran all pro level. The way he sees players developing, he's he, he just comes out of nowhere, and you only get that by reading the game. Yeah, and, and the he's playing. These sorts of players come very, very rarely in a lifetime. In fact, when they do come, you build your entire defense around them. You know, they're that good, and, and this guy really is that good. And I think the bad news for the NFL is that this kid is going to get even better with the more he plays the better he's going to get you know we we have got a heck of a diamond there and i think he was a fifth round pick if i'm not mistaken from usc ridiculous ridic- i mean you know we, we we've, i think we spoke about it and it's perhaps a chat to have on another pod at another time but you know the front office some of their later picks have been outstanding yeah, you can sort of forgive them for missing of, missing a few first rounders. Yeah, <laughs> a few third, first and third, yeah, first rounders because we know what we're doing with even Kittle. He was a fifth round pick, I, I believe. Yeah, but you look at players like Dre Greenlaw, who is who has been lights out this year. Fred Warner was a third round pick. Yeah, you know we we are finding them in the right places. It's just a shame they're all apart from Kittle. They're all on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> But what a defense! And you know what, though, Simon, that adage is true. Defense yeah. does win the championships. Oh, completely. Whichever completely. way you paint it, it does win you the big, the big, big prizes. And let and let's look at it subjectively. There's one game this season that is still going to be skewing our stats, and that's the Kansas City game when our defense was so banged up that they put forty points on them. Imagine if that had been the starting defense, and they'd have put fifteen, twenty points on them. I know. The stats all, would be even more impressive. It's all ifs and buts. I mean, the thing, the thing that rankles with me was losing in spectacular fashion to Chicago and Denver. I mean, if we hadn't lost those, you know, we would be the team that everybody really wants to talk about. And if I'm being quite honest, I think in the NFL right now, 
I mean, you've got the Eagles, you've got the Vikings, they've both got very, very good records, and it's a strong division this year as well, the NFC East. But I think if you asked any of those coaches, who do you not want to see in the playoffs, they'll say us. Nobody wants to play us. Every single analyst is saying exactly the same. Who would you not want to play? It's been the, it'd be the 49ers, because the 49ers on both sides of the ball yeah. punch you in the mouth, and they punch you in the mouth, and punch you in the mouth, and punch you in the mouth, and... Nobody, yeah. nobody wants and, to play them, and and that's a test testament to our to our defense, you know. But look at the offense; it's like a, a who's who of the best players in the modern NFL, you know. It's, and we've got the best offensive lineman in the league. We've got the best versatile running back in the league. We've got the best receiver, best tight end. You know, it's it's just so talent stacked. But again, my sort of fear is. Are we really getting a tune out of them that they should be should be playing at the moment? Or are we still trying to find our way how to how to block this offense? But you but, but deep like you touched on it earlier, we may we may look yeah, to people. Yeah, at the right and, time. and there's and that would be absolutely amazing, you know. If, if but we are peaking at the right time. Look at the games we're playing and look at the games that we're winning. You know, we're ordinarily that New Orleans game perhaps might not have been a win. You know, and. Um, I think against Arizona, we started a little bit slowly. That might not have been a win back in the day, you know, but we're, we're doing it now, though. Interesting stat for you. The 49ers defence have held opponents scoreless in a half 11 times this season. We've played 11 games. <laughs> wow. 11 scoreless halves overall. 11 score. Oh, so you're taking any quarter and putting it together yeah. to make a half. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's a tribute to Dimitri Or is it just first or second half? No, he's talking about combined quarters. Uh, oh, so like quarter two and quarter four, yeah, for Yeah, for example. But it's the last um, six consecutive quarters that have been the clean sheet. You know, six consecutive last second halves, basically. So four second halves and one game. So that's six. You know, but again, it's Dimitri Ryan's. It's the defense. You know, it's... Those guys take all the credit for it. I am a little bit mindful that D'Amico Ryans might not be around next. But he deserves not to be, if that's what he wants. Mm, he deserves yeah. not to be. If He's padded his CV out well. Oh, he has. And let's not forget that this is an a lot a lot more offence-friendly league than it ever has been. So to do it in the modern era NFL is perhaps even more impressive. Yeah, I mean... You know, look at um, oh, what's his name, <laughs> Robert Sala in, in New York. He's he's he started. He had a you know his first season was his first season, but he's got the Jets humming. You know, and the fans are believing in the team again. The players are beginning to believe in the team. You know, there's no reason why that won't happen to to Ryan's. He he would want that. You know, he would want that. The the Jets are forty nine as light, aren't they? They're um they've got a great they've got a great defense that not that's not quite as good as ours, and they've got a a slightly misfiring offense that's not quite as good yeah, as ours. Yeah, they're the little version of us, you know. Where the rest of the yeah, they're, they're missing a quarterback. Wonder where they can find one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hmm. if you think about it, if Garoppolo is their missing piece, or they believe he's the missing piece, then that could be a potential landing spot for. Them. Tell you what, New York, the New York Jets are uh, are accustomed to a smart dressing quarterback yeah, as well. So actually, <laughs> I'm going to get shot in flames here, but I didn't think Joe Namath was that great, to be honest. I think he was, 
I, I, really, I like the way you preempted that one, Divac. <laughs> I honestly don't think he was that great. He's 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 a a vacuous choice for Canton. He doesn't belong there, in my opinion. But there we go. And on that bombshell, we'll switch to have a look at pre a preview for this Sunday's coming game against the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins lead the all-time series eight to six, uh, with the Dolphins winning four of the last five meetings. We seem to have had this a lot this season where teams coming in have uh, have got the run on us. The last meeting was a 43-17 win for the Dolphins in Week 10 of the 2020 season, and that was at home in Santa Clara. Ryan Fitzpatrick showing throwing three touchdown passes in the game. Dolphins beat the Texans in Miami this week 30-15, despite leading 30-0 at half times. So they gave up 15 second-half points. They are now 8-3 and three for the season, which is good for the first in the AFC East. This is not going to be an easy game for the 49ers, is it? No, it's it's not. Not at all. Um, I, I, and you can't call it a trap game because a trap game means you've got an opponent, opponent that's more of a nuisance than somebody who's a legitimate, going to kick your butt type of opponent. So... Miami are a legitimate, we're going to kick your butt type of opponent, you know. Um, yeah, and not only that, there's so many added ingredients to make this game unnecessarily difficult, which is, you know, off their offense. They used to play for us and they're blooming coach haters as well. So they're, they're going to want to prove a point. Um, yeah, this is going to be, I think, one of those games that will be earned. And I think if we can do something that we don't historically do this season and that stamp our authority early in the game. You know, something I'd like us to see do more. We don't really do that. You know, get the early points, you know, make put some authority on the game. If if, if Miami are going to be playing catch-up like New Orleans were, they were never really out of that game until the very end. Um, then we can win. You know, we are a decent team. I think player for player we're better. I think this one is going to be down to House Shani outthinks his um, his protege that he groomed. We, we need to stop there. The Miami offense is an explosive offense. They, they, they don't do the they don't grind results out. They just blow the top off defenses. So we need to get to Tua because players like that need time to develop. Even though they've got Tyreek Hill, who seems to be fifty yards downfield in the blink of an eye, but they're a pass heavy offense. Obviously, they've got a couple of running backs who we know. They'll have a run game that we should be pretty versed in coming up against because they will have come up against it in in training and drills because it's going to be very similar to the to the Niners' offensive uh, rushing offense, and we just need to stop those big players. I think if we if we stop at those big players as much as we possibly can, we beat them. I yeah. really do. I mean, it's winnable. Um, it's definitely a winnable game. But now you know when you're, we're going into the business end of the season where implications on home advantage throughout the playoffs, etc., are going to start sort of coming into play. This is exactly the sort of game we have to win, you know. Yeah, because the Dolphins, the Bills, the Chiefs, they're all very similar in terms of the explosiveness of their offense. Simon, do you remember when we said if there was one game we'd like to have back and that would be the Chiefs game because our D wasn't performing, you know. we had... This could be like, the Chiefs game, you know, our rematch that we wanted with the Chiefs in a live form, i.e. the Dolphins, who are a bona fide AFC candidate for the Super Bowl. We're not as banged up as we were when we played Kansas City. So maybe this could be 
our chance to see just how good we really are cross-conference. And, you know, the good thing in our favour is this is a comp an out-of-conference game, so it's not going to really affect our NFC standings as such. And, and, and not only that, but do you not get the feeling that when the defence have got a, a point to prove, they go out there and they do it? And I think that Kansas City game will still sting them a bit, regardless of the personnel that was on the field yeah. at the time. I mean, this defence has a Dunkirk spirit, like, you know... You guys can't do it. Don't worry, we got you. We'll take care of business. Mm. They, they, they are a tight unit that will that plays for each other, but they also play for the team. They don't really treat themselves as a separate entity from the offense. You know that everyone's in it, and it's it is that complementary football that Lynch likes to talk about. Where if the defense is having a bad day, the offense will step up and win it, and if the offense is having a bad game, the defense will, as it always has done on so many occasions, won the game for us. You know. Looking at the comparison, the Dolphins' offense is ranked between second and sixth across points per game, yards per game, and passing yards per game. The 49ers' defense is ranked first in points per game, yards allowed, and rushing yards allowed. That's going to be the matchup, their offense against our defense. Our offense against the Dolphins' defense, again, barely evenly matched, really. Uh, we've got the slight edge... Um, in, in rankings, but I think it, it it's all going to be about how our defense, which which you've talked about, um, how we are going to deal with the four, with with the Dolphins' offense. That's going to be the the deciding point in this game. I think. Yeah, and you know Miami are going to exploit weaknesses. In yes. Lines and I mean they're 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 proud of their running running game and quite right too. But uh, Ryan's will. We'll have to find a way to stop them. But I think on the other hand, you know, taking it from a more positive perspective, this is the sort of game where Jimmy Garoppolo could take ownership of it and put his mark on the game and say, this is my game and we're going to win it with me in charge rather than, you know, play a significant but not a, a compelling role in the win like he has been doing. You know, he, he's there and he's contributed but he's not the reason why we won. You know, I think this could be a game where he could actually show the world that he can be the reason, you know, the reason why we win games. Like Montana was the reason we won so many games. Like Steve Young was the reason, you know, in the clutch or making the big plays when it's really, really important. And I think this could be Jimmy G's coming out party to show that he can be relied upon to win a game by himself. Well, the Niners open three and a half point favourites for the game, which is, of course, at home at Santa Clara. So we will, we're not going to do predictions of scores. We uh, we got burned by that, didn't we, with Atlanta? Um, but yeah, we, we will see how this game goes. Um, like I say, it's all about the matchup with the, the Dolphins offence versus the 49ers defence. One quick thing you said about um, the, the Dolphins are proud of their running game. That is, stat wise, that is the that is the part of their game that let them down. They are 28th in rushing yards per game with 94.8 yards. The 14, uh, the 49ers defense is only allowing 79.5 yards per game, which puts us first in the NFL. So I think we've got their rushing game sorted. It's all about their passing game that we have to worry about, I think. That gives us license to go after two of those, doesn't it? Yeah. If we know that they can't run the ball, they're gonna the majority of their offensive downs are gonna be passing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So so, you know, 
it was interesting to see that Charles Ameni, who has who has been balling out under the radar this year, hasn't practiced today. So it'd be interesting to see if he's if he's going to make the game. But you know, obviously Nick Bosa needs no introduction. Samson Ebukam has been doing a really good job, and Demeco Ryan's has been dialing up blitzes, which we haven't really seen. You know, we've been able to you know rush the passer with with the front four, but with Arik Armstead out, he's limited in practice today, which is a good sign. It'd be good to have him back. Um, I just think Demeco Ryan's, as we've seen over the last few games where we've we've shut uh, teams out in the second half, he's making in-game adjustments that make a massive difference. And I think he out, I think he outcoaches McDaniel's in this, and I think the defense wins. Simon, do you think this will be a statement win if we win against Miami? In the- I, I think you have to look at it that way. I think I think I think you have to, um, principally because. You could. There's an argument to say that we we've beaten everybody that we should beat. Really, we've lost a couple of games that we shouldn't have lost. But have we really beaten somebody? I know we start favourites, but have we really beaten anybody this season? Where you kind of go, this is this game could go either way. We we faced the Kansas. We, we played Kansas City and we got our asses handed yeah. to us. This is a mark. Granted, it wasn't the, it wasn't the main defence, but this is a statement game. I feel. I think it you're is right. a legit marquee team, isn't it? A legit candidate. A legit choice for people's Super Bowls, you know, that you can actually back up and say. Absolutely. You know, so, uh, yeah. Do we have any more of those on the schedule? I don't believe we do. We? We've got we've got Tampa Bay, haven't we, the week after Yeah, next. they're not really Dolphins level. Though. We've got the Seahawks and we've got the Cardinals and we've got the Cardinals actually, again. We don't talk about them much, but the Seahawks, yeah, I think they could be, uh, they're quietly going about their business. They're not drawing much attention. They they got beat by the Raiders, they, though, didn't they? they? Did. On the, on they, they did, but they're, you know. <laughs> and the Raiders are lame. Yeah, but I think that Raiders game was the any given Sunday thing, and it was really his people it? off that had picked a, a golden nail for that game. <laughs> ruined their lives, <laughs> you know. Speaking of, let's take a quick look at the pick six before the end of the show. Weekly winners this week were Stephen Box, Mark Noly, and Olive Streetfield with 10 points. Table after week 12, Steve Box is in first place with 60 points. Bjorn Clygro, 56 points, and Mark Noly on 54 points. James Little on 52 points. Admin table, Steve Box in first place with, 50, with 60, James Little 52, and Simon Holdsworth on 50 points. That's it for this episode of the show. Thanks to everyone involved for making the show and keeping the Niner Empire GB running. You all know who you are. But it isn't long now to get your Celebrating the Catch 22 gear before the design is removed from sale at the end of December. Examples of what's available can be seen on the Niner Empire GB group or following the link in the show description to our store over at Redbubble. And any commission earned from the Niner Empire GB is being ploughed straight back into the group by paying for the hosting of this very show. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. On behalf of Deepak Gohill and Simon Holdsworth, I've been Paul MacDonald, you've been the audience, and this has been another episode of the Frequency 49 Show. Bye for now.